Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today's guest is a Grammy-nominated artist that I'm pretty sure we all know and love. The dude has over 4.5 million streams worldwide, over 40 number one radio hits, four certified gold albums, and a major motion picture about his life. He has a new record out now called When You Speak, and I'm thrilled to finally have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my interview with Mr. Jeremy Camp. Jeremy, dude, we made it. (laughs) Bro, it's so good to see you. So not everybody knows that we sat for about 20 minutes just chatting and catching up, which I love that because we haven't seen each other for a little bit. and We have so much life that we have shared and, you know, experience that we shared together already. So, yeah, like... We're finally here. We can't touch each other, unfortunately, but like we can, we can see each other. We can hear each other. This is the moment that it's all been leading up to. I oh believe. yeah, absolutely. Like, what the heck? Over the past year alone, we all got shut in our houses, just had to figure out a whole new way to do life. You, yeah. We were in the middle of a tour and like literally it was like the dead center. Like we had done like 20 something shows. I think there was like 20 something left, whatever. It was like yep. split in half. Yep. The last show, the weekend, I think may have been the day of, I still believe hitting theaters. <sighs> Talk about a bad day, right? Let's be honest. Talk about a bad day. <laughs> it's like you spent obviously your whole life building up for uh, to this movie. Right. I spent like a year and a half marketing it. I don't have near as much invested as you. And I was bummed out. I looked, (laughs) I was walking by your bus headed to the Uber and I see you on the phone over there and I see Balm like kicking some rocks over in a corner somewhere. The kids are having a good time. 80s upbeat, but I could just tell you were like, like when is it ever going to end? Yeah, that's exactly what it like. (laughs) Little did we know, like God had a bigger story. Like he molded everything in together to work for the benefit of us all really. It was hard to see yeah. then, like, oh, it's not going to have the theatrical release we were expecting, but it ended up doing the, like, I still believe at home where people can watch it yeah. on demand. And then Hulu ended up picking it up. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where it is, you, you build up for something for so long and your heart is so in it. It's, it's literally like blood, sweat and tears. And then all of a sudden it just gets shut down. I mean, we, my manager said something, Matt. So you're talking about Matt Balm. So he's my manager. And he said something to me, I think it was a week before it came out. He said, man, part, no, this is probably about three weeks before it came out because the virus was, you know, it was kind of known, but it wasn't like, uh, just be careful. There's a virus. So he said, barring a world war or a pandemic, this thing's going to do really well. <laughs> and so I blame the pandemic on him basically. Um, because he basically said that it was going to happen. Um, and so, you know, here, here you are, like everything is built into this moment. And then the day, two days before it actually comes out, they declare the global pandemic. And so, you know, everything shut down, you know, the first night, you know, the first night it was out was the number one movie in America, which was mm-hmm. you know, blood, bloodshot, this Vin Diesel movie and onward a yeah. Pixar movie. So we're like, Oh, this might work. And then it, everything kept shutting down. But my wife said something, you said something that was really, really good because you said, you know, God had a different plan and purpose for this. That was so much greater. We can even imagine because, you know, my wife said something to me that was brilliant. You know, I was down, like you said, I was just kind of like, what just happened? This has been built up for so long. It was going so well. 
And she said, um, you know, Jeremy, God never broke his promises. And I was like, what do you mean by that? She goes, you know, listen, he never promised that the movie was going to stay in theaters forever. He never promised that your your tour was not going to get canceled. Didn't promise those things. What he did promise is that he was going to use all those things for his glory and his purposes. And then she dropped the mic because that's basically what she does. She drops this like amazing word of wisdom. And you know, you've, you hung out with her. And then all of a sudden she just comes out with this. this that's lady. <laughs> 80 camp, y'all. Let's, let's just jump on this topic real quick. Number one, he's got the best song on the movie soundtrack. No, I'm just going to throw that. that. <laughs> you remember the day that thing came out, I walked up to you and I was like, get ready. <laughs> She's taking your spot. I know. <laughs> Yeah. So not only being the rocker she is, but just truth bombs. Like she literally has one of those little microphones you plug in your phone. She just drops it every day. I have a feeling that's what she does around the house. Just like, um, hey, you did this wrong. Bam. Yeah, exactly. Right, what you're saying. Just had to throw that in there. Like the Holy Spirit and her are very close. I always, you know, yeah. of course the Holy Spirit is more, but I'm saying she's yeah. real close. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think Dude. that's the thing. I think you just you know, I've realized now it's been all over the world streaming, you know, and people, I, I get messages from literally all over the world saying, man, we've been through so much during this pandemic and your story and your just life and the hope that it brings has been so encouraging. And so I look at that and go, it might have not have done the, the width of things that we wanted, but the depth of what it's done was way further beyond my expectations. And I think that's what our desire should be. I think we, it doesn't, yeah, if we have something that goes big and, and wide and reaches a, a mass amount of peace, people, of course you want that. But if there's no depth in that, then what's the point? I'd rather go to the, the deep things of the Lord and the deep things of people's hearts. And I feel like that this movie has done that. And I feel like that, you know, transitioning. So he took the things that I was learning during the shutdown and then all of a sudden downloaded all these songs that I, I tell people, I've been telling people this, you have to hear the album from front to finish because it's not, it's not like, here's a couple good songs. It's like, here's my, my deep things that God was processing in me during this time off that I wrote down in a song. And so every song has a special meaning. Every song has a story and every song I really, really believe will, will reach out to um, each individual, individual person in a different way. And so it's exciting, man. Like I, even though it's been difficult, I've had my ups and downs, even, you know, the past few months, ups and downs of tours coming out, but things are shutting down again, or there's, you know, requirements for things that people are like, I don't want to come because of these requirements. And that's been tough. But when I have to, when I step back and look at the big picture, I really do see God's hand. I see God using this for his glory and people's lives being truly changed because of it. And I'm okay with that because that's what it's about. Yeah. And to kind of segue into this new record, when you speak, the whole concept of the album is just listening to Jesus. Like when you speak, like things are going to happen. And when I first heard the first single, I was like all the colors and saw the music video. Like, I mean, I didn't know you had those moves in you. I don't know what choreographer you've been working for. I'm feeling it might be Egan camp, but absolutely goat when it comes to choreography, as we all know, but (laughs) I was like, this is a whole new season for you. Yes. Like, 
it's a very upbeat, joyful album, but it still hits at the vulnerability aspect that you carry in your music, like throughout your whole career, like starting with like, I still believe in the songs that led up to everything that you're doing now, yeah. every single record, like it's raw, it's honest. And it's like, this dude's talking with Jesus and he's letting us listen to it. Yeah. And that empowers people to be able to do that for themselves. Yeah. And themselves. Like I remember before, like long before we ever knew each other, I would be listening to your music in my room and be like, like, I just feel the, I feel the energy that the Holy spirit is in tuned you with. Yeah. Like, it's raw, it's vulnerable, it's easy to grasp onto. Like it's not when Jeremy Camp speaks, it's not like when you speak, Amen. like God, like it's an anthem. People can catch on to it. So like starting out on the album, like what was the whole concept going into the songwriting process before any lyrics were penned down, before any beat or anything was sent to you? What was the beginning point for this thing? Yeah. So, you know, the, my last record had a very much of a desert theme. And I think in a sense, there was walking through the desert, which actually kind of continued on, you know, through through the pandemic, the first part of the pandemic. So I'll, I'll kind of speak to that. So I remember, you know, this last season, we had a friend um, give us a scripture. And I think it was uh, Zechariah or Zephaniah, I believe. And it says that he will lead you into the desert and he will speak softly to you and he will bring back your vineyards. And it was just this time where you're like, okay, he's actually providing this desert time so that we'll slow down and that we'll be craving more of him. You know, as the deer pants towards the water, so my soul longeth after thee. That's, you know, Psalm 42, one. I love that Psalm because it's saying, okay, when you're in that, that desert dry place, you are craving water. And so it made me crave more of Jesus. And I remember going through this and all of a sudden this pandemic hit and I'm like, okay, here we are continuing on to this desert. And so I was going, all right, Lord, I just want to get through this. Gosh, I want to get through this. And that's still a thing I feel like that we're all still saying, I just want to get through this. And that's not a bad thing to say, you know, because it's like, yeah, we are, we're human. We have emotions. I'm like, gosh, I just want to get through this. This is crazy. And God actually really spoke to me, which hence when you speak. And he said, Jeremy, I want to get through to you during this. And it was just kind of this light bulb moment of going, okay. All right. I'm I'm ready to put my head down and just go through the grind and like, let me just get through this. And God's like, no, no, no. Put your head up and open up your heart. And I think once I put my head up, opened up my heart, that's when he started speaking life. And from that life and from that healing and from that, you know, even dealing with, you know, anxieties and just confusions and fear, you know, of, of what's to come and all that. I remember the life he spoke into me. I just started pinning on paper. I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And the reason why, because when you speak is one of the first songs I wrote, because it was kind of going, this is what happened. You know, it starts off saying, I find it's always the lie that is loudest. I know the one with the power is never the one who is shouting. I lean in through all the thunder you whisper, even in doubt you're with me. And it's just this whole kind of concept of going, and the enemy is like yelling and screaming, like all these lies, all these things to try to get our attention that we focus on those things. And God's like, hey, I'm the constant. I'm the steady. I'm the one who has the power. I don't even need to shout. So when we realize that, that's when we drown out all the noise and we lean in through all the thunder, all that kind of stuff. And we say, okay, God, and then in his still small voice, he comforts us and he's, he speaks life and there's healing and there's freedom. And so that's what happened. I was just was like, 
when you speak, I'm found in the sound of peace be still. The wind and the waves bow to your will. I'm, you know, you drown my fear with a love more real when you speak. And so that was kind of the starting concept of this whole album. And it really kind of let me just go, all right, God, what else do you want to teach me? And then I started writing down like that, that story I told you about what my wife said about breaking his promise. That's a song called break your promise yeah. because that was literally Dang. what she said to me. It's like, he never broke his promises. He never will. And so I think this whole album was me having a year and a half of processing through things I've not been able to process for years because I've been so busy and there's a depth to this that, yeah, I, I always have written depth and raw and vulnerable, but I think from start to finish, you're going to hear a depth to this that is crucial to understanding this season and crucial to just hearing the heart of God and what he was doing in my life. And I think it, not because it was just what God was doing in my life. I think it's things that God was doing in all of our lives. And I was feel like he was able to speak those things through me. And, um, so anyway, I just, to me, I've done so many albums, bro. I've done this for 20 years and you always feel like, Oh, my, do I have anything left? You know? And when God breathes that life into you, that's why you see me dancing and you see colors because there's joy and there's life and there's all those things because I realize that when I dig in closer to him, his well does not run dry. So he fills up those dry places and those thirsty places in my soul and he brings fresh things. And that's what he did in this album. Sorry. I just kind of yeah. going for it. And <laughs> no, I love that. Nah, bro, you keep going as long as you want, but <laughs> dude, it's like, I listened to the album a few times and it's really hard for me to find like that one song that I like more than any of the rest. So yeah, yeah. what do you think your favorite song on the album is? What are you the most excited to perform live as well? You know, it's interesting you say that and I'm, I feel the same way. It's like, I've, I've usually kind of have a couple of songs that I can pinpoint, but I think that, you know, I look back, there's thir 13 songs on the album and I would say like, every month there's a new thing that God's teaching me. So I started writing it down. So when I think about the album, I go, I don't know what's my favorite or what I'm more excited about because they all have that same feeling of like, Oh, I remember why I wrote this. I remember where I was when God kind of showed this to me. I remember the, what I was feeling when I sang this song. Like I remember singing the song called consumed and the, one of the second verses says your love isn't passive at all it violently tears down my walls. And as I was singing that, I just started weeping in the studio. I was like, I'm sorry, hold on. Because I just realized, you know, when, when we put up our walls, he's not, he's, he loves us so much. He's like, no, I'm tearing. I love you. I'm not letting you put up these walls. Like I'm going to tear down those walls. And it, it, it was a picture of God's love. That was to me what I needed. Like just to picture him say, no, I love you too much. You're not putting those walls up. Songs like Here With You, where I'm sitting down, tired from the week. I've been writing songs. and I thought I was done. And I had nothing else to give. And all of a sudden, the song comes out as we're talking about grief. I'm talking to Benji Cowart. And he's talking about the loss he's experienced and, and things that I've experienced and my loss. And we're like, sometimes you just want someone to not say anything, but to just hug you and cry with you. And I said, yeah, it's like Jesus when he wept. He's like, he just wept. And we're like, yeah, he's weeping here with us. And I was like, oh my goodness. So we just started penning the song. And I didn't even think, oh, this song's epic. I just was getting stuff out of my heart that I wanted to get out. I played it for my wife. Now my wife never does this. So she's 
listening to the song and she hears the chorus and then the tagline where it says, he's weeping here with you. And she goes, Oh my goodness, honey. And she just starts crying. And I go, Oh, and I realized, then I start crying because I realized the depth of the song. And that night we're, we're sitting there and she goes, honey, do you realize what today is? And I go, no, she goes, it's the 20th anniversary of, of Melissa's death. That day I wrote that song. And I just, I realized just God's faithfulness and him knowing where I'm at and what I'm going through at that very time, even if I don't even realize I'm going through it. And so he pulled out things in this record that I can just name song after song after song. And that I don't know what, you know, I think, yeah, you're excited about singing like the song can't take away. Cause I think live is going to be just, just like, yes, this anthem, you know, a song like getting started because, you know, right. I, yeah, exactly. Have you heard uh, Getting Started? Yeah, that song. It's like that one too, because you're going, when you trust, when you put your trust in Jesus' name, your life will never be the same. It's like this, I believe you're only mm-hmm. getting started. Those who feel like I've gone through too much or I've done whatever, and I, I just feel like my life is kind of like blah. He's like, no, 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 no. When you give your life to Jesus, where you actually trusted in Him and put your trust in Him, you're just getting started. Like for you, bro, all mm-hmm. this that's going on with you and the doors opening for you. I believe you're just getting started, man. That God's going to open up some awesome yeah. doors and he's going to use you to empower and to encourage a generation. And so that's what I feel like, you know, listen to that song and think about just you and like, okay, yeah. Like whenever you're feeling like, okay, God, you're done using me or do I have anything to give? It's like 100%. I believe you're only getting started. Man, I love that. And to kind of like segue off of that, to get real with you, like right now, like people think like, Oh, once I hit this milestone, everything that all my troubles are going to go away. Like <laughs> uh, for musicians, like, Oh, once I hit the billboard charts, like I'm magically going to have all my anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations go away. Like for me, it was like, Oh, if I can just get this podcast off the ground and then it got off the ground, if I can just get this interview and then like one yeah. by one, like I don't ha- I, we were literally having to reevaluate goals because like my three-year goal done. And I'm like, I like, I still have anxious moments. I still yeah. have those stress moments. I still have those moments of like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. And from the outside, it could be like, Oh, you, this and this and this. And, but yeah, it's just that and that and that I'm still me. I still have issues and yeah. I still have, things I got to work through like, that's why it's so keen to like have that community of people behind you. Yeah. And I'm curious, like when in your career did you realize like, okay, I'm still going to have these issues. I've got to figure out how to work through these healthily. Oh, very quickly into my career. I realized that no matter what position that you're at or success that you have or whatever you've accomplished, if you don't deal with your heart and your issues and emotionally, all those things, spiritually, just, putting your trust in Jesus constantly, putting your hope in him constantly, you will constantly want the next thing. And yeah. I, I have experienced that my, my whole career, bro. Like I, what you're saying is just, it's, it's not foreign to me. I've, I've, I've been at the top of my game and been the most depressed and most just bummed out. And it's because I was focusing on the wrong things. And it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means that I have to realize that there's traps involved constantly. You know, I've been this for 20 years now. So now, to be honest, I'm a little more aware and quick to find, you know, figure out when I'm going towards a different direction. But it doesn't mean I'm not ever going to be distracted or have those moments. I mean, 
past few months, I've had some pretty up and down moments, but also I'm, I can bounce back where I'm like, nope, I know what to do. Like I know where to go. I know where to run. Mm-hmm. I know what's happening. I know the enemy's trying to do this. I can, I can almost recognize it more. And cause the enemy's, it's funny. He definitely is sly. Absolutely. But then sometimes he does things you're going, okay, that's so obviously the enemy. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of laugh right now because you're being really obvious. So it's kind of easier to go. No, that's a lie. That's not right. And so I think that we have to realize that our pursuits and ambitions, if, if they're for the things of this world, it'll never be satisfied. And we all know that, but I tell people all the time, I've experienced all whatever you can experience. Like I, God has opened doors for me. I've, I've, it's been incredible, but it doesn't matter if I'm looking to those successes as a fulfillment and those things will not fulfill me. And I think that I'm in a healthier place of just being like, Hey, these big things, great. If they happen, but what's, what are the depth of what God's doing? What's that's happening there. And I think with this new album too, for me, it's that same thing of going, I don't know what's going to happen. Like you hear it and you're like, Oh my goodness. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like, Oh my goodness, this record is one. I feel like one of the strongest records I put out in years. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I do know that God's going to use it in a deep way in people's lives. I know that. And that's all I really care about. Doesn't yeah. that mean I don't get distracted. Like you're going to have those times where you're like, I really, in my heart really want just people to be reached. Then you're going to have those moments where you're like, but I want yeah. that too. And it's okay. But just be aware that that is our flesh and that we battle those things. But that man, when we, can be more aware and recognize those things. It's easier to battle. So. Yeah. And just one thing that I've noticed in you, like even from afar, like your kids are putting out music. Like you can obviously see that like you as a father, you as an encourager, you as like a person in general, you're walking the walk you're not just saying you're going to do something and the way you prioritize your kids on the road the way you prioritize your wife like it's obvious to see your priorities are going straight Mm. and there is a correct way to like raise your and i'm not a father so who am i to say this there's a correct way to raise your kids on the road and there is an incorrect way you've figured it out and it's obvious what what do you think implementing your family first over career has brought you like long-term obviously we know the Sunday school answers but for you as an individual like deep down inside you've toured without family you've toured with family what is the benefits of keeping your family so close like you have I think for one there's a comfort knowing that you know we've connected and I think that the biggest thing with with anybody with friends with family of course but with your family is that you actually have intimacy because there's there's time you can spend with your kids, even on the road, but not have a, an intimate, um, quality, um, intentional time. And so what I've learned is that when I'm having those times with my family, even if they're not on the road and I'm, you know, I'm on the road and I'm missing them, it's, it's asking those intentional questions. But I found that being on the road, there's a comfort for me going, they're okay. Like my kids are doing well, you know, and there's not this insecurity, or I think I, it becomes more not about me on the road because it's easy when you're on tour and you're doing your own thing to just do your own thing. And it's like Jeremy camp. And it's like, Nope, this is my family. And that's who I'm actually pouring into. And if I can't take care of my family, how can I 
take care of the family of God. You know what I mean? How can I share the things that God's teaching me when I'm not actually living it out in my own family? So I think that's the kind of stuff that that helps. Doesn't mean I haven't made my mistakes or there's times where I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I've, I've been distracted. I mean, those those all happen. But I think that we've always we always come back around and have those conversations. Like, hey guys, sorry, I think I've been distracted. You guys doing okay? And we have beautiful conversations. I think the honesty has brought bread so much more security. So honesty breeds security, which breeds comfort, you know, and I think that that is what I found in having my family on the road and to be able to really pour into them and to see now them thriving. I'm like, this is incredible. Like, you know, there's times I'm like, I'm making all these mistakes, but like, thank you, Lord. You've, you've been so faithful with my family and now they're putting out music and they love, they love Jesus. And I see them, their hearts pouring out and serving and yeah, they're teenagers and that's fun. Sometimes <laughs> can be like, Oh, they're driving and, <laughs> and all the, you know, the emotions of, you know, it's, they're typical. They're not, they're not just teenagers though. Right. They're published authors. Right. They are I know. Uh, musicians. <laughs> influencers in a sense, you know, because they, you know, they got like little yeah. followers, you know, <laughs> which is funny. Too. I'm like, but because I, I told them, like, up. you have 10,000 followers, but each of you pretty much, it's like, you know, that means that you have a following, like you're going to influence certain people. So they're like, oh, okay. So the things that they do, the things they post, and it's like, you have an opportunity to be that to other people. And so they're learning things and we're not putting any pressure at all. We're just saying, this is what's happening yeah. now that you've stepped into this kind of, you know, mild limelight, but in a sense, a, a limelight that people are watching right. and you have a beautiful opportunity yeah. to pour into these kids. Yeah. And I want to, I want to talk about if you're open to it, one of the super vulnerable parts of filming this movie that you had <laughs> <laughs> while they were, uh, while KJ and uh, Britt were recording the uh, hospital scene yeah. where Melissa passes. Yeah. You watched that firsthand and like you actually ran out like to yeah. your family and had that discussion with the kids like, dad, why are you upset? Like, yeah. because if this wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have had you. Yeah. Like, so almost finding beauty and tragedy. Yeah. Getting into the emotions that happen like in that moment. People don't see that on the screen. They see what you went through. Yes. But they don't see the ripple effects yeah. that like even you still like have that. Like that was the love of your life, man. Yeah. And your kids saw you experience it right before your eyes yeah. as if you were third person in this. Tell us about that moment. What was going through your head and what was the beauty that you found in it with being able to share that experience with your children yeah. and your wife? So I remember, you know, like you said, I, I had to leave the room because it was very emotional. She was, you know, it was that scene in the hospital. And as I came out, I just, I went to my room at first and I, I just, I lost it. And I started walking back and my family came and just all of them started hugging me and they were all weeping. And my, my daughter said something airy. She goes, dad, it'd be hard to watch this knowing that somebody went through it because that's just a hard thing. But to know that my, my father went through it, you know, um, because that, and she just started weeping. And we had this beautiful moment of, of saying, you know, I wanted so desperately for her, her to be healed. You know, I was, and you see that, like the prayers, and I believed it 100%. And it wasn't what God allowed. And I had to accept that. And I, I just said, if, if God would have answered that prayer, 
I would not be standing here with you guys right now. You wouldn't be here right now. And it was this kind of beautiful moment of going, man, I can't imagine my life without my family, without my wife and my kids. I really can't. I, I don't say that lightly or just the cliche thing to say as a parent, but I can't imagine walking through without them. And so there's been a beauty of that and watching them thrive and watching them now take the things of, of and learning about my tragedies and going, okay, I'm going to glorify God in the midst of my hard times and my tragedies and watch them kind of implement that and emulate that has been so beautiful. And so I think the, you know, the feeling as a, as a father is going, you know, and it just as a human and as a believer and whatever, just going, okay, these things that seem like the biggest tragedies, which they are, you really can look back and go, okay, God, I see what you were doing. And sometimes you won't get to heaven, but you're going to see how God used this and how God, the ripple effect of it in your life. And I think that that is the beauty of how, how it affects your kids. As long as you allow it to affect you in a good way and to heal from things, your, your kids are going to be stronger because of it. Your family and your wife will be stronger because of it. Dude. And obviously the filming that movie had some influence on the message of this record as well. Yeah. Um, the last thing I really want to touch on, dude, is like, what do you want the pure like takeaway from this record to be? What is the message that you're putting out here in 2021? Hopefully on what is hopefully the tail end of a pandemic, but we'll see. Um, what's the message that's going out to everyone through this music? Yeah, I, saying this term can sound so cliche, but I think I have to say it because it's what I feel like that there is beauty from ashes. And I, I just, I, I know that term is used so much, but I really do. I mean it like so deep in my soul that when I say that it's the only way I can say it, that there is beauty from ashes. And I feel like that is what people need to hear right now. That from the ashes of disappointment, the ashes of anxiety and fear and confusion and loss and bankruptcy and whatever that people have experienced, there is beauty on the other side. There is. And I think that's what I want people to see in this record. And for somebody that's listening right now that may be going through grief themselves, uh, themselves like whether it's um, grief from loss, grief of losing their job, their income, like just super depressed, anxious what would a personal message from Jeremy camp be to them right now? You know, I'm actually, and this is not to tag my album because I, but I, I want to say to people that understand that there's not always the right words to say. And I understand that because I've been through hardships. We all have, um, but literally understand that Jesus knows and feels your pain in Hebrews. It says we have a high priest that can empathize with our weaknesses, empathize with what we're going through. And it says, yeah, that means he actually feels what we're going through. And so when it, when it says that Jesus wept in John in that scripture, that small scripture in the Bible, it actually means that he wept his, his heart because he cares about us and our emotions. Even though sometimes you're like, why would you allow that if you care about our emotions? He does because he also knows that, trust me, beauty from ashes. And I'm working in you something greater than you can even fathom. And so I think that I would say, just know that. Jesus understands and that he literally is wrapping his arms around you and weeping with you. So he gets it. So you can rest in that and know that he is working these things out and going, okay, just trust me. You don't understand, but just trust me. And I think the thought of Jesus weeping with me is one of the greatest comforts that I can even think of. Sheesh. Dude, all, 
obviously we could go for hours, but I think that's a great place to just wrap it up with. Like God is in control. He's obviously showed us time and time again, even in those moments where we're like, God, just take me now. Like, yeah, he's still there. Yeah. And if for anybody that's listening, like uh, just to reiterate what Jeremy just said, like if you're struggling, there's, there's hope. Yeah. There's so much hope and there's a reason to live. And I just want you to know that like, if you're listening to this podcast, you can go listen to any of the episodes. There's always something in there um, just to replicate. Like life is worth living. Like you should choose life. Like God is in control and not to shove religion down anybody's throat or anything, but that's a key factor in my life. Like faith in Jesus has been the cornerstone of my life and always will be. So again, if you're struggling, just reach out like a heart support, death to life. There's so many amazing organizations out there that want uh, nothing more than just tell you that there is a reason to live and that you have purpose. And Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. Like this has been so fun and uh, it's been so meaningful too. I believe that a lot of people are going to find purpose in this. I know I did. And, um, Thank you for being so vulnerable and open to do this. Yeah, man. Good to talk to you. And I just, yeah, I'm excited for what God is doing with you, my friend. So appreciate you as well. Yeah, we're going to tag the record and everything in the description below. Be sure to go check them tour dates out and the pre-order packages um, that they still have available for the new album when you speak. Again, this has been me and Jeremy Camp obviously and this episode has been brought to you by new release today talk to you guys next week a powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from god god can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help guide and speak to us through prayer I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.